welcome to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. I'm your host, Mari Reesberg. For the past several years, I've combined my degrees in acting and somatic psychology to share my sustaining creativity techniques with performers. And now I've decided to share it with a bigger audience that includes you. I believe we are all creative and this podcast is all about that. I'll be interviewing people from all backgrounds, ages, and creativity experiences to share just how creative we all are. Today, I'll be chatting with Karina Gardner fabric and paper designer, design teacher, and podcast host. Please enjoy Karina Gardner. Welcome to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. Today I am here with Karina Gardner, fabric and paper designer. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited for you to be here to chat about creativity and all of the design adventures you have. But before we get there, if you could let our listeners know a little bit more about who you are and what you do. That's awesome. So hi guys, I'm Karina Gardner. I am a fabric and paper designer. I'm probably most well known for being a fabric designer for Riley Blake. That's who I currently design fabric for. And I was the creative director of Cartabella, uh, which is the sister company to Echo Park. So scrapbooking, which seems a little bit like a funny place to be, but um, I have a PhD in design, taught at the University of Minnesota for five years, loved it, and then started my own design business, ended up in the crafting space of all spaces and, um, love it so much. I'm a designer for silhouette America. Um, I've done lots and lots of, um, you know, white labeling for companies. In fact, if you've walked into a Michael's or a hobby lobby, there's a very good chance you've bought my scrapbooking paper. Cause I've white labeled under several big box brands. Um, and I just adore being a designer. It's so incredibly fun. That's amazing. And I love the kind of diversity in design that you do from textiles and fabrics to paper to all of the other avenues that you have. And how fantastic is that? When you think about creativity, what does it mean to you to be creative? Oh my gosh. I think being a designer, I I take for granted that every day we have to use creativity in order to like flex that muscle, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because it's such a piece of my life and it's never gone away, partially because I went to so much schooling for it, right? (laughs) Like, so like I was turning in projects every single day and you had to come up with new ideas every day. You know, I have heard um, people say like, what do you do when you run out of ideas? And I'm like, I've never run out of ideas. (laughs) And the reason you don't run out of ideas is because the more you use creativity, the more of it there is. And it's a little bit like uh, if you've ever watched any of the Barbie movies, like Barbie Life in the Dream House, where they talk about how glitter never, like, it's like, it just keeps making more of itself, which I'm like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Glitter just makes more of itself. That's the way creativity is. Like, it's like the... I just think it's like one of those things that the more you have of it, the more you get, you mm-hmm. know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like a, um, what is it? A resource that, what, what am I thinking of? A resource that goes away, right? Like when you use right. up all the coal, it's just gone, right? It, 
it's exactly the opposite. It's like bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes, absolutely. I love that idea that the more creativity you you use, the more you have. And there's that Maya Angelou quote about that as well, which I think is fantastic. And I imagine, you know, having to pump out design after design after design, that you may come into moments where certain things are a little more challenging. I'm really curious, what are some of the creative challenges that you come up against? And then how do you solve them? I am in a high volume industry. So I I do only produce one fabric line a year. I usually only when I was doing scrapbooking, I did have to produce, I probably produced nine out of the 12 collections we came out with every year. So it was high volume in that sense, but digital is where I actually, I have a design program and we push people into digital because that's actually where we make most of our money in my Mm -hmm. design business. And we, we love teaching people how to make money as designers and we have to produce high, high volume. So that means once you hit, and I will say, I have something like 10,000, probably more digital designs on the internet in all various kinds of forms. And I remember kind of around year two or three of getting into the digital piece of my business, you do start to run out of ideas Mm -hmm. because you're like, how many times can I make a space themed thing? Right? Like you're like, I've done all the moons. I've done all of the rockets. I've done all of that. I mean, like you, honestly, you're just like, and here's what I find people who are really creative they figure out a way to do space different than anyone else. Once you get to that point. So it's like, you have to stretch yourself even harder, whether the graphics become more whimsical or Mm. way more beautiful, like more clean, maybe you throw a feminine twist on it and you've never done that before. So you just have to take the things you've already done and go, how do I change this Mm -hmm. so that it becomes unique by its own right? Yeah, I love that reminder of kind of turning it 90 degrees or looking at it through a different lens and giving yourself permission to do something new. And I'm curious, you know, when you get to that point of needing to try something new or getting to try something new, the the narr- do you ever come up against the narrative of like, oh, that will never work? No, (laughs) and I'll tell you why I don't. I know a lot of people do. In fact, my designers run into this a lot. They're like, oh, this feels like it's not going to work. I I think it depends on how you frame things, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you only come out with one fabric line a year, then I will tend to be a little bit more cautious about what I put out in that line, Mm -hmm. right? Um, recently I just came out with a line. It's called Chow Bella. It came out in November and that line looks different than any other line I've done because I put more thought and imagination and time into it. Mm-hmm. However, if you're building something like a digital product, like the, we talked about the space theme thing right there. Yeah. It's such a small product. And most of these products go for 99 cents to $5 mm-hmm. to me. It's like, why not for that price point, try something. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's like low barrier to entry, low hanging fruit. You get to try something and then you get to see if, um, feminine and pink space actually wins. Like, right. You can right. see, you can see if the market sustains that if yeah. like 200 people come in and buy the pink space stuff, then I'm going to buy and make more of that. And it didn't hurt me to try making it right. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about, um, 
navigating risk, right. In creativity. So if you know that you're going to spend a certain amount of time on something, you're going to be super creative and, and then you go, Oh, what if this doesn't work? Well, what's the worst case scenario? And I'm always running the worst case. Well, no one buys it. And I wasted two hours of my time, Mm -hmm. but it's, that's never even really the worst case because if I spent the time to make it, then I opened my own brain up to possibility. And Mm -hmm. I usually got something out of it for myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love talking about the risk and the reframing of things. And it, it makes a lot of sense, you know, creativity comes alive at the edge of our comfort zone. And that's where like risk comes, comes into play. You strike me as someone who's very comfortable at the edge of your comfort zone. (laughs) Uh, I was told once what I, I try to remember which CEO I was talking to, whether it was the scrapbooking one or the fabric one, who was like, Ooh, you're really not afraid of risk. And I was like, really? Do you think this is risky? And I I really have to sometimes like take myself back because I usually ask myself the question, what's the worst case scenario? If I can handle the worst case scenario in any situation, then I'm going to go for it because there's always also the best case scenario, right? Absolutely. And and I heard someone say that life is really, it ends up being 50, 50, right? 50% disappointment, 50% win. Well, if you're always sitting in the middle, you never have a chance for the big win and you never have a chance for the big disappointment. And I would rather live my life on the edge knowing, Hey, there's a big win here. Could there be a big disappointment? Yes. But there could also be a big win. Absolutely. I, I too enjoy that. (laughs) The ends of that spectrum, you know, and, you know, but it's often very challenging for people to get there. So it sounds like the design pieces that you're teaching really support people to step into that space so that they can take those risks within their business that has that potential for high reward. Yeah. I think, you know, it's so funny with creatives, especially, you know, I know you work with like movement people and and, and creatives all, you know, doing all mm-hmm. sorts of things. I'm very, very niche down into people who are crafters, designers, sewers, uh, yeah. mixed media people. I'm kind of digging into those people. And I will say with them, there is always the worry of, I I don't know of a better way to say it, but public humiliation. Like what if you create a beautiful fine art art piece that everybody hates, Mm -hmm. everyone dislikes. And, you know, we have a history as, as a world of really, um, you know, those people creating the crazy stuff of them living kind of miserable lives. Let's go back to Van Gogh, right? right like right. they kind of live a miserable life. I like to me, the worst case scenario always is public humiliation. Yeah. But if you can handle that risk of public humiliation, mm-hmm. which guess what? Rarely ever happens. Or if it ha- it's already happened. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you've made something that people are like, oh, that is ugly. Oh, believe me, I've made lots of stuff that is just ugly. You know, people forget about it because you, you spend more time making more beautiful stuff and and putting yourself out there so that people can see all your beautiful, creative work. Yeah. But isn't that the point of art too, to elicit a strong reaction from others? Yes. (laughs) So, (laughs) 
yeah. going into that field. <laughs> but everyone is scared of it. And even I will admit, I'm I'm I while I am a risk taker, I do stay in my lane when yeah. it comes to design, right? It like I kind of tested this, that, and the other. And so I do end up very much in my own lane. Mm-hmm. But I think there's wisdom in that when we find something that works, if we were to say, oh, this works and then not do it, that would be mm-hmm. counterproductive. So yeah, we want to have those moments of continuing on. Now I want to take a sharp left-ish turn and ask you a question because of all the creativity that you use and business and design. I'm so curious, what's your earliest memory of being creative? Oh, like, I mean, I think I was always a little, uh, I want to say creative, but a little uh, pusher. I was the oldest of six children. So, you know, I mean, that kind of tells you a lot. Yeah. Um, That's a little bit of a bossy. My, my sisters always said, Oh, they always called me the tyrant in the house, (laughs) but I, it's just because I just wanted to try everything. And really, you know, when I think about creativity and kind of doing something with my hands, I think my earliest memory is seven or eight. My mom just let me loose on her sewing machine. And I was a crazy Barbie dress making girl. Like I made all the Barbie dresses. So I take all of these Barbies. I don't think we had a new one to save our lives. We didn't have very much money. And I think we, someone donated us Barbies. Yeah. So they didn't, we didn't have very good clothing for, um, they were ripped up, they were old, they were stayed. And so my mom always would buy discount fabric and it would always be sitting in the back room. It was this teeny tiny little room in the very back of the house. And my mom is actually a phenomenal artist and there would always be paintings and stuff sitting back there. And I would just pull from the scrap bag, cut out pieces and try to fit them to these Barbies. And I like kind of hand sew them. And then I would take my mom's machine and I would sew with them. And I broke so many needles. And I think (laughs) I broke that machine a couple of times because for all I was thinking was like, I don't let my eight-year-olds loose on my sewing machines. Uh, I mean, they each have their own machine now, but like, I was just like, I don't like my mom was very, must've been, I think very tired with her six kids, but also very brave to just let me go for it. Yeah. I love that. Just the design. I mean, to see how design started so young and even in the journey of design and how you were thinking and seeing things. And I love asking people questions about the early creativity and seeing how it connects to things that they currently do in their life and how, how it's, you know, continued. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but it sounds like it has for you. I know. I just, I, it is funny that I think that it's sewing and like, I somehow ended up in this fabric world, which was a very big surprise. Cause I thought I was going to be a university professor. I had no intention of owning my own design business. Mm -hmm. I really, and truly, I have all this research out there on logos and short-term memory. And, um, I really thought I was going to be a university professor took a tiny little pivot, Mm -hmm. um, because I had two very small children and I just needed the flexibility for a few years of of designing. And it turned into this full blown design business. Never expected it. I still could go back and teach at university. It's, I mean, it's always been on the table, Mm -hmm. but, um, 
Yeah, I, I, it is amazing to see kind of that connection between seven or eight year old Karina who mm-hmm. loved sewing, yeah. who figured out a way to make it into that world as a grown adult. Yeah, I love that piece. And who's to say you couldn't go teach if you wanted to, but that the idea of, okay, I need to fit my life into something. And so I'm going to do my own design business and then have it be so successful is yeah that makes it makes sense that you wouldn't change it now. I know I well especially after the years I was the creative director at Cardabella and after the years of being a creative director we had white labeled lots of things and um my online piece of the business started catapulting it was just crazy I was like like why would I ever go back and teach at university <laughs> Even though I loved it, and which is actually one of the inspirations for why we started our design program, because we found that sending people back for four years of school, when we could send them to a program like ours for one year and actually teach people how to build careers, Mm -hmm. it just, to me, it was like a night and day thing. Like let's, let's do this in a way that's super efficient. Yeah, absolutely. It makes so much sense. And I love that you took the time to create the course and design school aspect that you have, because I think it's really needed in this field for crafters and designers who really want to turn what may have started as a hobby into a full career and business for themselves. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I love it because I love seeing women financially free. Like I love seeing women in particular, just being able to take their creativity and have almost like an excuse to do it every single day for however many hours they want. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. I I want more of that in my life to do it all day, every day. Well, working with as many people as you have over the years, I imagine you come into contact with people who do not believe that they are creative. How would you encourage someone to find creativity in their life? Oh my gosh. It is crazy to me because I really think creativity is a human experience. I I think every person really has it in them Mm -hmm. to be these creative souls. I think it's reframing it in your brain, right? Mm -hmm. Very often I'll be like, well, what did you do today? And they'll, they'll tell me all the things they did today. And I'll be like, so was that solution not a good idea? Oh, no, it was a good idea. But like, you know, you were being creative, like when mm-hmm. you were coming up with that solution, because that's all creativity is. It's really thinking outside the box to get yourself to whatever solution you need to get to. Mm-hmm. And I think once people start to reframe and start to see all the little things they do in their lives that are creative, it's actually easier to then dig in to do bigger mm-hmm. creative things that are a little more intentional. Yeah, no, that's a great way to kind of look at it when we think, we aren't creative, go back through your day. Like how many things did you do that actually had some aspect of creativity or were you solving a problem or did you have to, you know, make something out of nothing (laughs) or, you know, I'm sure. Or I'm just thinking about like, I, I work with a lot of stay at home moms and Mm -hmm. I'm like, did you not have to figure out three kids and their schedules and figure out who was going to get where at what time that is like an organizational 
nightmare. Okay. And I know my purse from personal experience. Cause I have three kids. <laughs> it is like an org and you have to get creative about what time you're going to leave, how you're going to move it. Like I think, especially my organized people, my like type A's, like <laughs> everything's in a row. They don't think of themselves as creatives. And I'm like, right. you guys are like the most creative because you're figuring out how to fit your day mm -hmm. into this crazy, like synergy to make it all happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Totally. I think moms are some of the most creative people on the planet. <laughs> it's <laughs> having, so true. Having to navigate so many different moving pieces. And yeah, that is a huge creative skill to do that and still run a business and <laughs> host a podcast and do all the or other all things, the things all right? The things. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not doing all those things, I promise like, um, so Mari was on my podcast and she talked about last night, she had made like a cool ramen situation <laughs> where she had like pulled all these different ingredients to me. That's like just life. Life is all about like, you've got like a set of things. You were handed a set of things in this life. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, what do you make of it? You right. know? Absolutely. How can you put random things together to make something that fuels you, that feels good, that helps you get to the next thing you want to do in your life? So, well, it has been such a treat to chat with you. I just have one last question. What does it feel like in your body to be creative? Oh my gosh. I wish I could say relaxed, but not. It's almost the opposite. <laughs> like I, I, for me, I, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you can, you could even close your eyes and feel this. It's like a surge that comes like almost from, I would say my, like my belly and core that mm -hmm. comes straight up into my heart. Mm. Me, that is, it's the excitement and energy that comes from getting to choose to be creative every day. I Like I wake up already ready for the exciting projects today. Today on my, like, for example, today I knew I was going to talk to Mari. She's on my calendar to hang out with her today. Um, we have a membership, like an ink club membership where we do SVG bundles. If you don't know what that that's cricket and silhouette files today is my day. I get to sit down and I get to design all the stuff and all I like, I cannot wait. Like I look forward to it so much. Do I look forward to running my kids to school? No, not so much, but I am very, very excited to sit down and start designing things and making. And I think if you walk into your everyday, whatever, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's, you know, dance and movement, whether it's performance, whether it's design, whether it's organizing your kids' schedules, if you go into it thinking this, I choose this. I get to choose my life and choose this awesome creativity and solution building for myself. Yeah. I think you go into your everyday a little bit happier, a little bit more excited for what, what it is. Oh my gosh. I absolutely agree. And yes, to all of that experience, what it feels like. So wonderful to chat with you. If people want to learn more about the things that you offer, the things that you do, how could they go about doing that? Well, we do do a lot of things. <laughs> we, we do do a lot of things. Probably the easiest thing is to go to KarinaGardner.com. Karina spelled C-A-R-I-N-A. 
gardener.com. Um, that's kind of the hub for where all the things are. You're going to find my fabric lines there, um, silhouette and, you know, cricket files, like that kind of thing there. Mm -hmm. Then you can also find all of our coursework. We really do only have one main program called design suite. Um, and we do have a free training that you can opt into so you can learn more about design. We dispel a ton of myths and secrets that, you know, really are prominent in the industry. People who believe that, um, that they are not creative, that mm -hmm. they cannot design. And we, we really tackle that because we have found, I mean, my, myself included, uh, it took me a lot of years to be like, mm, I can draw. And I was a designer already. Right. Yeah. So, um, we love, we love digging into that and opening people's minds to the idea that world's their oyster. Do what you like. Oh, I love it. I'll put that link in the show notes. People have easy access and thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. It has been so wonderful and such a treat. Thank you so much. I've loved being here. for listening to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. We'd love to keep in touch, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Sustaining Creativity. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Tag your friends and family so they can listen too. We love to hear from you, so leave your reviews, comments, and questions. Check out our website, sustainingcreativity.com, for upcoming offerings and creativity coaching. Tune in Tuesdays for our next episode. And remember, with creativity, anything's possible.